The big iron bars from the horse stalls had been removed and nailed over the downstairs windows, making the house appear like a jail. It was brilliant. My feet shuffled up the wooden porch stairs, which still creaked and groaned like before. I ran my hand over the bars. They had been expertly attached. No one could pull the bars off and get inside. My grandfather had taken extra measures to protect the house. No lights were on inside, and I willed myself not to let that upset me. I hadn't really expected my grandpa to still be here. The front door had been reinforced. Leaving the car running, Rhea joined me. She put her hand in mine, knowing my worst fear. She had already retrieved the hide key. I gripped her fingers tightly as she pushed open the door. The smell of death didn't hit us. Grandpa? I called. We waited. Neither dared breathe. When nothing responded, we sent Argos through. He didn't bark or growl. The coast is clear, I called. Bring the stuff in, I suggested to Rhea. I'm going to fire up the generator. Well, I'm going to try it. Who knows if it will work. It was running low on fuel, but it started. The house came to life with lights. Though the brightness still hurt my concussed head, it was a beautiful sight. The soft yellow glow spilled out to the yard, casting funny shadows due to the bars on the windows. I walked along the wraparound porch. Everything was quiet and still, like it used to be, like it should be. I paused before the front door, looking inside at the worn wooden floors. With a deep breath, I crossed the threshold. Suddenly, I was eleven years old again, walking through the front door of my grandparents' house. It was two summers after my parents' divorce. I remembered my grandmother crying when she found how I had to take care of my drunken mother. My grandpa was angry, angry at my mother and angry at himself. He shouldered some of the blame, saying if only he had been home more, things might have turned out differently. I missed my mother. I had been so excited to see her again, though I had nightmares about her stumbling around the house with a glass bottle in her hand, passing out on the floor. How many times had I sat by her, crying, not sure if she would ever wake up. I knew she missed me, too. I was more than her drink mixer, really. I had to have been. I was her daughter. My grandparents said they wouldn't let me go back with her unless she cleaned up her act, and I had stayed with them a whole summer, thinking she would miss me, thinking she would change. And she did. She turned completely around. Our house was clean, even redecorated in bright colors and ridded of all liquor. I remembered that moment so well, a moment I thought I would cherish in my heart forever. I recalled the old pickup truck rolling to a stop, my mother flying down the driveway to hug me. Her hair had been curled and smelled like lavender. Her eyes, aquamarine like mine, had sparkled. She had changed. Just not for me. It was Ted who'd turned her life around, and Ted who'd pulled her out of the darkness. It had taken him only two months. I'd spent two years taking care of her, bringing her drinks, cleaning her vomit, cooking us dinner, attending to her every need, but I hadn't been enough. I couldn't make her happy, couldn't make her smile, couldn't make her see that I still loved her and desperately wanted her to love me back. But Ted could make her see everything. I couldn't find any real faults with him. He was kind, though stern at times, and accepted me like his own daughter. He'd had a good job, a nice house, and had bought me a puppy for Christmas. He was good to me, and even better to my mother. 
He was everything she wanted and needed, and I hated him for it. That summer was the last good summer I'd had with my grandpa. We went hunting and fishing, camping and hiking. He taught me how to survive if I got lost, which plants to eat and which to avoid. I learned how to track, how to sit perfectly still in a deer stand for hours, how to make traps, and how to rely on only myself. Orissa? Podrick's voice pulled me to the bloody present. Yeah? I think you should sit. You look like you're going to fall. Oh, I feel fine. Sonia turned on the foyer lights. My stomach churned. I barely made it outside before I retched up nothing. I tripped going up the stairs. Podrick caught me, lifted me up, and carried me to the living room couch. He gently brushed my messy hair out of my face and looked into my eyes. Stay with me, Orissa, he said when my eyelids got heavy. Orissa tried to stay awake. Okay, I mumbled.